0: World population to hit 8 billion or so? Salman Rushdie, Rushdie stabbed. Double workouts on a Monday. HSK vocab takes forever. 24 Miles, Second Ring Road. YouTube shorts are where it at. Neoto Encroachment and Lex Friedman's podcast had an interesting guest over the weekend. Folks, it is Monday, August 15th, 2022. I'm Steven Sersky. Thanks for joining me. And uh, this here is my audio digest, daily audio digest. I publish this uh, Monday to Friday, archives up on my website, stephensersky.com. Here I yik yak about some of the things that are going on in Beijing, uh, some of the things I follow around the world, notably the Ukrainian, uh, the war in Ukraine at the moment. And of course, some of the things that I do here uh, with my life here in, in China as well. So <clears throat> thanks for listening. Uh, yes, the population of the world is supposed to hit eight billion people uh, sometime soon, and it, it was almost as if this article was talking about it's going to be a problem. And yet, people are also saying at the same time that birth rates are declining, and child uh, like China only recently instantiated the uh, or removed the one-child policy, bumped it up to two-child policy in was it 2015. And then three-child policy now. It's, actually, I'm not even sure it was a three-child policy. I think it's a, a three-child, please do this. <laughs> because the the, uh, the demographics of China are getting older, uh, very much skewed to the older people who apparently don't know anything about technology, even though they build them uh, and helped, yeah, uh, helped build them. But uh, so yeah, eight billion people. I don't know how many kids do you guys want to have, uh, guys and girls out there. Uh, one, two. Most families I know in Canada, it's three kids. That's the typical eight, uh, typical size of the families. Here in China, it's one. Typically, it is one kid, at least for all the for most of the expat families that I, I that I know. Maybe two, but no one has three kids. Uh, it might be because Beijing is super expensive. Um, it might be because they don't have time might be because of the culture, like in terms of, uh, um, by culture, I mean like the international culture, like you, when, when you're an expat, you do live a little bit of a different life, um, compared to someone who were to, who were to stay in their home, homeland sort of thing. So, uh, I don't know. Uh, one question that did pop into my mind about this argument about the 8 billion, I remember hearing that people weren't having kids because it was bad for the environment. That never made sense to me. It never did. And it actually seemed uh, rather insulting, to to tell you the truth, uh, for any number of reasons. It was just like, I don't understand how someone can blame a child. Okay, okay. diapers and uh, baby food and all the waste that uh, comes along with supporting a baby like packaging and stuff like that like a for a, the baby baby diapers come in plastic packaging the clothing stuff like that but that's a very negative view of humanity and those people who propagate that i i mean they're not really people i would hang around with to tell you the truth but i mean it might be that because i wouldn't hang around with them anyway and that's why they're saying it but uh eight billion people i don't know be um good question do you think we're running out of room? I don't think so. Looking at Google Earth, I think we've got lots of room to go, I guess. Someone Rushdie stabbed. Yeah, I, I did, I've never read his books. I remember when the Satanic Verses came out uh, many, many, many years ago, 25 years ago or so, back in the 90s, and it was a big hullabaloo, because growing up in the Ukrainian Catholic family, you know, anything with the word Satan in it was bad, and uh, when he came out, I don't even know what the book is about, to tell you the truth. I couldn't tell you. I don't know. Uh, I've never even been, uh, I've never looked at his books with any sort of interest in reading them. I thought they were mostly fiction, from what I understand. From what I understand, that this stabbing in New York um, was done by another Iranian, so he's pissed off a bunch of Iranians before, uh, he's pissed off a whole bunch of people, um, not just the... Ukrainian Catholics or the Catholics, but um, lots of people. And I, I guess he's controversial. I don't really understand the controversy behind him. Uh, but yeah, he got stabbed in the neck. And he's alright. Uh, he's alright, apparently. So he, he should make it through. But whether or not... Yeah, I mean... He's an author. He's he's a writer. And he got stabbed on stage in New York. And one of the thoughts that crossed my mind I was, like, who would ever want to live in a country where they attack authors and stab them on stage? And you remember where I live and travel. <laughs> right? Uh, but Monday, double workouts. So I did get up and I got going. Uh did both of my workouts this morning. Uh, solid, solid performance, I'd say. Uh, wasn't lacking any energy, despite like waking up at four o'clock and st- staying in bed until six or so. But I was up at four and just couldn't get back to bed. But I guess I could have just gone up. Gotten up, done my workout. But if you do that, then you get knackered later on in the day. It kind of throws off your your whole schedule. Uh, but that being the case, double workouts. So in the morning, did my uh, club my Steel Club workout, uh, which is so I do two miles and I, I skip for ten minutes, and then I did another uh, twenty or thirty minutes of Steel Club workout, which is a nice little. It gets some momentum going. Uh, and then in the afternoon, I did another two miles, and then I do this, uh, I, I call it the squat in 20, but it's not. Um, it's based on the idea that what you're supposed to do is you're supposed to squat, uh, do like your squat exercises, then run 400 meters. I'm not going to run 400 meters. Well, I could, but I just run around, uh, there, there's a nice little half loop that I can go in. So I do that instead, uh, and I do variations of kettlebell. Uh, swings and exercises, so I do that, and I set my timer for 23 minutes, and I do round and round basically. And then after that, I've been working on one-arm push-ups, inclined one. I'm one-arm, one-arm push push-ups, which sounds very fancy, but at the rate that I'm going at, um, I'm still at the, the falling stage, the collapsing stage. So one of the stages that you do to build up your strength is you go on one arm, and then you lower yourself down towards the ground. Uh but if you're not strong enough or you don't have the proper technique, you won't be able to do it and you'll you'll collapse so you have to have your second hand there ready to catch you. So I'm still on that stage sort of thing. Uh and uh noticed it was a bit stronger today, but I'm still far away from being able to do a one arm push up just yet. And one arm one arm pull ups haven't even really given that much of a go just yet. But we'll get there. Uh weekend was productive. Uh a few things done with HSK vocab. I did a study session on my language vlog. I don't know if you got to see that. It was 48 minutes long. It was quite long because I was going through the uh, countries, and I haven't touched that deck in a very long time. Um, and uh, it just took me forever to do. It was 20 new words and 100 review cards. So it took me 48 minutes to get, get through the whole thing. I spent 97 minutes yesterday on, on Sunday going through all my, my Anki droid t- uh, cards. Got them done thankfully um and i never did do memorize though so i only did anki droid i never get around to uh the other car- uh, flash cards that i have uh but i uh, was able to finally do it learned a few but there's not they're not sticking uh, i find it difficult to remember because some of the yeah some of the country names they're not so intuitive they're not what you think they were when lie is one that comes to mind and that, that's not is that Brunei? I can't remember. Yeah, one of them and then Bolivia, like uh Bolivia is Bolivia and then what's Belize, right? So I get them sort of confused uh sometimes and then there's ones like uh the Dominican Republic the Dominican Republic of the Congo and there's another one uh the the Republic of the There's two or three republics that Gonghua Guo is republic. That's okay, I got that. The People's Republic. But then, is it Duoming, Jia Duoming, Guo Go Duoming Guo, Oh goodness, yeah. See that this is what gets me. It's I I forget, and then I get the character wrong, and it gives me a red X, and I, you know, you gotta start again. You press the review in fifteen minutes, which is never fifteen minutes because I go by them, go through them pretty quickly. Ah, But uh, still haven't got the results from my HSK5 test just yet. Um, I am hesitant to check, uh, but uh, I am still planning to retake it uh, probably in October or November of this year. One success uh, this weekend was actually, I did leave you guys hanging on Friday night saying I was going to rip around the uh, second ring road on bike. Maybe not rip, but I was going to cycle around the second ring road and I did, so I got up uh, I didn't get up until 7 on uh, Saturday, so I was out the door by 7.20, and that was late. Like the, uh, I'm not going to lie, it was a bit late for it, because by the time I finished, it took me just over two hours to do the whole thing. It was 24 miles total, so that's about 31 kilometers or so. Did the whole thing on a share bike, to which one guy was like, you shouldn't do that, it's terrible for your knees. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, well, maybe that's why my knees have been hurting lately. Uh, or I felt them. I thought it was because I wasn't doing my mobility exercises as much. But uh, yeah, they certainly do have a bit more of um, a feeling to them that is more of the pain side compared to before. And these have this has started since I started doing uh, cycling. Since I started cycling on my, my active rest days, I guess you could say. So, But I did it. So second ring road completed at least once. Um, I mean, now that I did it once, I could probably do it again. Uh, so I, I was thinking about this, because one of the reasons I want to do this sort of lengthy trip, because I mentioned this uh, this trip out to Inner Mongolia, uh, and this uh, these cycling trips that I want to go on, they, they're cycling 70, 80 kilometers a day, so it's 40 miles, roughly, give or take, and 40, 50 miles a day. I'm like, well, I've never done that before, so I should probably practice, and I was thinking, well, second ring road is a good accomplishment. and something I've been wanting to do. I want to do the third ring road, but that is, that's, that's double the length, I think. It's 50 or 60 kilometers. So it's like 40 or 50, is it 40 miles total? Yeah, it's, it's lengthy. And you're going, oof, that's, that's not one GoPro battery. <laughs> that's a little bit more. So I did manage to get the uh, second ring road trip on the GoPro. Uh, I used the battery and I brought a battery pack with me. So I got through most of it with just using the gopro battery and then i had to plug it in uh towards the end which is good it's actually one of the things i was sort of concerned about because i'm not gonna lie i wanted the video evidence of me doing it uh and i haven't posted it yet but i mean I, i posted some pictures of the full trail uh, but that was sort of the, one of the things I was kind of concerned about, like, how am I going to be able to record this whole thing? Because it's a different challenge doing lengthy recordings like this, uh, in terms of battery like juice and, uh, storage afterwards as well. So, uh, but yeah, I finally got it done. Uh, went for breakfast after baker and spice. I sat down and was like, wow, I feel it wasn't bad, but I mean, after cycling 24 miles, you go sit down in a cafe. No one knows what you did. You're just sitting there going, "Okay, I'll just have the coffee and you know some breakfast and whatever." Right? Um, I ate quite a bit, but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was kind of neat though, being able to do it. Uh, walking, I was I noticeably I was noticeably walking slower than I normally do. Um, that might have been also because of the bike shorts; they don't let you walk that fast as well. Uh, but uh, was able to do it, so I'm happy. Got it done. Second Ring Road check third ring road. We'll see about that. That one's really big. That one is really big. I'm not going to lie. Uh, yeah. YouTube shorts. Uh, if you guys haven't seen this, I guess YouTube is taking on what would be Instagram would be the obvious one, but I think it's also TikTok. I think they, because of the, uh, U S president Trump, former uh, president Trump, um, targeting Chinese firms, TikTok has undergone, has been sort of under a lot of scrutiny lately. And I mentioned this um, last week, uh, Joe Rogan versus Gary Vaynerchuk on their takes on using TikTok uh, and the terms of service and stuff like that. And I guess one of the issues with TikTok is that people are using it, but they're not understanding what sort of like the, what data is being mined. And that's, okay, that's not, it's really neither here nor there because I'm I'm more on the side of Gary Vaynerchuk, on that that side where he's like, you're giving away anyway. If it wasn't these, you'd be yik-yak into somebody else or you'd be using another app. Like it's, the technology has enabled us to do this regardless of the terms of service that are involved, right? That being the case, TikTok, uh, although it's still uh, a prominent figure in the social media landscape and you do see a lot of people using it, this YouTube Shorts, I, I mean, I'm seeing it. I mean, I'm hitting a thousand views very easily on some of these videos. Um, not just my language vlog, but I posted a couple on my regular blog, uh, sorry, my regular uh, YouTube channel, uh, where I'm posting these audio blogs daily. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, I mean, hitting a thousand views, you kind of go, wow, that. That wouldn't happen on Instagram. And I remember other people have said it's tough to grow on Instagram these days. It's very difficult to grow organically on Instagram. TikTok, I guess you could still do it, uh, but YouTube Shorts seems to be the sort of next iteration of short form uh, video content. And it's easily set up. I'm not having to create a new account and remember the password for it, which is very nice to tell you the truth. One other uh, thing I was able to do this weekend was actually listen to the Lex Friedman podcast. He had on, was it, Alex Bustamante, former CIA spy, covert operative. And this was fascinating. I only got through about an hour and 20 minutes of it or so. But he talks about the war in Ukraine. Lex Freedom is Ukrainian. Uh, he speaks Russian and Ukrainian. I think he speaks Ukrainian. But he is Ukrainian. Uh, he immigrated to the States when he was young. Uh, but uh, Bustamante goes on about how Russia, for all intents and purposes, are, are, are winning the, the war that they started. Uh, you can argue about the hu- humanity, the human cost and everything, but at the beginning, middle, and end of the day, Russia has been able to gain the upper hand. Um, and he talks about some certain different scenarios in which it could sort of, uh, it, it could play out, it, it could change, but it does look as if Russia is playing the long hand here where they're, they're going for a protracted war because, I mentioned this before, they manufacture the bullets. They've got access to... Uh, a customer on the in the far east um not just for their own commodities but so that they can buy stuff that they need uh they manufacture their own equipment uh they have lots of troops uh and they have uh, whether or not they've gotten other sort of private military cooperatives as well who knows but you know they've got lots of it so yeah bustamante was not very optimistic about ukraine coming out the other side of this war uh you know uh, being very healthy afterwards. Now, he didn't say they would completely lose, and they didn't say that it, uh, it would be a complete dismantling or destruction of the country either. And that's very important to keep in mind, is that, as, as though, and I've seen this on WeChat, some people are posting, you know, as much as people can call this a proxy war, uh, and, you know, uh, equate it with the war in Afghanistan, and stuff like that, at the end of the day, Afghanistan wasn't about erasing a, a people, whereas putin and his belief in office in the russian parliament that ukraine should not exist as you as a nation that's his view and he labels anyone who believes that ukraine is a, a country a sovereign nation as a nationalist and therefore someone to be dealt with as a fascist the, Bustamante never talked about this and i'm surprised that friedman didn't bring it up i guess it was it's uh, probably a very difficult to explain concept um, only because it's like when you have um, the U.S. supplying and NATO supplying Ukraine with these weapons, there's, there's some strings attached. Notice, and this is actually what Bustamante does talk about. He talks about this is not a war, a war of attrition for one thing, but Ukraine's not getting these arms and deals for free. They're becoming heavily indebted. Which Russia does not want to take on. It, should they win this war? Should this war ever end? Um, so they don't want to pay off Ukraine's debt for, sh- you know, shooting at them. Um, which means that that has to be dealt with somehow. And so it, it's a fascinating um, discussion. He talks about, but the one thing he doesn't talk about is that this isn't just a war of 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 uh, like between Russia and the United States or proxy or like about money. As much as he talks about money. He t- this is a cultural war wherein the people in Moscow, in government, don't think Ukraine should exist. And that this is a huge issue that, uh, I mean, is being overlooked by a lot of people. And this is why the fight for Ukraine, this is why you see a lot of Ukrainian hyphenates around the world rallying to support the country and still talking about it because they russia Soviet Union tried to do this a hundred years ago. They tried to erase the Ukrainian culture and the heritage and everything and the language and so so much of this so many of the expat ukrainians like the the Ukrainian descendants that you 'll meet overseas are descendants from the people who fled the first Soviet attempt to erase their culture right so th- that 's why you will know so many ukrainians and they 'll be all over the place because they had to, they had to flee or die and you see it happening again. How will it play out this time? Good question, how long is it gonna play out? Well, Cold War lasted 40 years. World War II lasted six years. World War I was four years. I mean, we're not even half a year into this one. COVID is what, three years in already? How long was the Spanish flu? How long was the Black Plague? I mean, so you kind of look at these numbers, how long does it take for something like this to uh, sort of work its work its way through the system? Good question. Highly recommend you uh, take a listen to it. I, th- I think it's episode number 370 of the Lex Friedman pro- podcast. So it's F-R-I-D-M-A-N. Lex as in Lex. <laughs> Lex Luther? <laughs> there you go. Lex Friedman podcast with, I think it's Al- uh, Alex Bustamante, uh, former CIA covert operative very good stuff. All right, folks, I am going to leave it there. Thanks for listening. I appreciate it. Thanks for watching. And uh, if you didn't catch this, you can uh, head on over to my website, stevenstritsky.com. That's where I put the show notes, tracks, and the live stream links uh, that you can have a look at what I do in my free time in Beijing evenings. Okay, folks, i we'll leave it there. Thanks again. We'll talk again. Have a good one. Bye-bye.